I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm really lucky to be joined by Brett Bartholomew. Basically, fun, funny, with anecdotes, stories, personality, like, yeah, just... I don't have, I don't have any of that. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market. And they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkandynamics.com forward slash blog. And our guest today is the Brett Bartholomew. Brett is, of course, a strength and conditioning coach, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and performance consultant. For Brett's full bio, be sure to check out the show notes, where there's some great links to all of the fantastic projects which he's getting involved in right now, and which, of course, you can profit from. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Brett onto the show. So Brett Bartholomew, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's great to have you. Yeah, good to be here. I appreciate you having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. What, what I want to touch on is exactly the business stuff which, which you're going into, right? So you've got a unique insight into, as you mentioned, Fortune 500 companies. So you're big, big companies, big business. And we're sat here as strength coaches, as uh, sports scientists, physios, whatever you are. What do you think that we can learn from companies like that? Uh, put really simply, how much they invest in communication and the social science. One of the most interesting things for me is when I wrote my book, how many coaches in the strength and conditioning realm got so defensive uh, by saying, what are you saying? Like, you know, the soft skills, this isn't a science, this isn't whatever. And, you know, I had to remind them that psychology and sociology research far predates research of strength and conditioning. And of course, if you're saying that one thing's important, you're not saying that the other thing is not. It's absolutely still critically important to understand the training side, the hard sciences of the human body, everything like that. But you also deal with people. And I think that any coach that doesn't know how to communicate and influence and lead wisely and well is going to have a hard time. Um, you know, and when I go speak to businesses, they're all in on this. On average, as of 2015, uh, businesses spend around $110 billion a year on interpersonal skills and assessments and training. Uh, strength and conditioning, almost none. If you look comparatively, a 2016 meta-analysis shows that out of 285 coach development programs, less than 6% focuses on interpersonal skills, less than 2% focus on intrapersonal skills. And we're not talking about like wishy-washy, you know, jump up and down, clap your hands, trust falls. We're talking about how to adapt to chaos, how to deal with different personalities, how to deal with power dynamics. And that's what we do at Art of Coaching now is we really try to lead the space in those avenues. So I think you've, you've hit a really interesting point, right? So people aren't doing this um, apart from you, which is good. Um, why are people not doing that? Because it seems very logical that they should be. Yeah, simply put, uh, you know, when you look at people, we're, we're typically in this pattern of, <clears throat> excuse me, self-preservation, self-enhancement. So a lot of people don't like doing it because they don't like being put on the spot. They don't like facing their weaknesses. It's very easy for strength coaches to say, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm dedicated to this and that, but they stay in their vacuum. 
they're a lifelong learner as long as it's either cheap, easy, convenient for them, or it doesn't threaten them. So they'll read the books they want to read. They'll go to workshops and learn, uh, you know, watch five presentations on the squat. They tend to have this confirmation bias of only learning what they want to learn. Uh, additionally, many people just think as a la like Dunning-Kruger effect that they're better communicators than they are. You know, there were some coaches that say, well, I communicate every day. This is what I do. Why would I need to work on it? Well, that's exactly why. You know, if you're married, that's almost like saying you don't need to work on your marriage because every day you wake up as a spouse to your husband or wife. Um, the fact is, is communication has caused some of the world's greatest empires to crumble. It has caused Fortune 500 businesses to fail, marriages to be lost, relationships to be crumbled. And so, uh, yeah, just people like to stay in their comfort zone. I think it's also when you look at the research, what they say, too, is uh, people are very eager to prove themselves in strength and conditioning. And they tend to do that by gravitating towards unique training methods or pieces of technology or whatever, because that allows them to kind of showcase something tangible or physical where great social skills usually aren't sexy. You know, even though they're the thing that will determine whether you get the job and keep the job and advance within the job, ultimately, uh, you can't go up and show somebody, hey, I got I got five pounds stronger in my social skills today. <laughs> Although those technologies do exist. Uh, we're working with a company right now that uh, is actually able to grade and give uh, feedback on things like vocal tonality, uh, how many questions you've asked, all those kinds of things. It's kind of conversational guidance. But yeah, people like to stay in their comfort zone. They don't like being told they're bad at something. And here's the last thing. It's really, really hard. Uh, learning how to communicate well and especially under constraints, uh, just like agility, right? There's rapid whole body movements while you're making a decision. That is, that's coaching. That's improvising. Uh, you're constantly having to adjust to what somebody else gives you and tells you. So, yeah, and I think lastly is social norms. You know, 285 plus coach development things focus on the technical piece. Uh, how many coaches have actually been to a really well done social skills oriented workshop? We didn't think anybody. And so, you know, that's what we really wanted to create and double down on. I think you've you've made a number of very interesting points there, and I I want to really get down to just one of them quickly, and that is yeah. like if you if you if you're developing software, you were talking to a company to develop software to talk about or look at the real social skills. What can coaches do now to reflect on that themselves? Because what we're talking about basically is can you reflect and can you ask yourself difficult questions and find out meaningful answers. Is there, is there something yeah. you can recommend to, to do already? Sure. And this is the tough thing, right? Is coaches want a toolkit, but a lot of this leadership research shows that people's reliance on toolkits and drop down menus and cheat sheets and all this stuff is part of the reason we're in the problem we're in right now. The issue is you have to learn under constraints. Remember, you can give an athlete a printout of all the decisions they should make when they're changing direction, right? That kind of agility. Um, that doesn't mean they're going to have that act, be able to demonstrate that in real time. Social agility, social intelligence, all those things can only really be optimized when you're put in these situations. So what they can do, and it's hard to say any of this without it acting like an advertisement, but whatever, is we put them in those situations at our Art of Coaching apprenticeship. We put people in groups. We give them a role-playing exercise. And we give them constraints, a lot of which are done via what we do in our book. So in my book, Conscious Coaching, I talk about there's 16 common archetypes of behavior. We can assign people archetypes. We can bring in constraints. 
um, such as they have to respond by only asking questions or they only have to, they can only say things in five words or three words or, you know, any number of things. We find 88 different ways and counting that we put constraints in this interaction. And then, Matt, what we do, the one thing that is a tool, a tangible tool, a sheet of paper they can use, is we have a proprietary evaluation where they go through a peer and self-evaluation of how they did on seven key areas of interpersonal dynamics. And then we rewatch the video, we break that down, and they go through it again. So trying to create this workshop is us filling that space in the literature, which says this is what's needed because all those little tools or cheat sheets or PDFs aren't going to be the most effective. And it's the only way you get people to reflect. Um, I know this because when I printed out, when I made Conscious Coaching, we have a whole chapter on self-reflection. How many people really pay attention to that compared to like the archetypes or the 13 tips or whatever? Very few because self-reflection doesn't seem tangible. Yet when it's on the line and they fail and they get feedback they either like or don't like, they're a lot more likely to go through and do that self-reflection because they want to be better next time. So they got to be put in the situation as a short answer. This podcast is also brought to you by Gymwear. Gymwear have Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the world of velocity-based training and it's developed by the team at Gymwear. Flex is the only laser-based system available and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable and specifically designed for individual use with its own social platform and automatic training mode. Flex captures all the critical performance and technique metrics that people demand from a velocity-based training device. Velocity, power, bar path, range of motion, and even bar position. Live feedback is delivered through the Flex app on every lift, and the data is automatically stored for review. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com forward slash VBTfuture. So could you, for example, as a practitioner, say, right, I'm going to, I'm going to mic up today. I'm going to get a, a microphone, a recorder on my hour training session. Um, I'm going to record it and I'm going to look back at it. I asked, I don't know, 50 questions. Um, I gave 20 external cues and a hundred internal cues. Do I, do I need to adjust something? Would you, would you recommend that kind of reflection or is it, is it yeah, more, I mean, yeah. more broad than that? Well, it's, that's one piece, right? And we have that very thing on, we provide a free field guide on our website. Um, it's called the Conscious Coaching Field Guide, and we do it on our online courses as well. We give people 10 to 20 things like that that they can do. And whether it's videotaping themselves and going through and analyzing it, whether it's as simple as trying to start a conversation with 10 strangers and not worrying about the outcome, just seeing how long you can keep the conversation going um, making sure that you work on this spectrum of questions or how questions, what if questions, would you believe questions instead of yes, no, open, close questions. We also do a really simple game. Uh, it's, it's hard, but uh, it's simple, not easy, where um, we do a game called last uh, letter first. So, Matt, let's say you're an athlete and I say, Matt, how do you feel today? And you say, I'm feeling pretty sore. Well, the last letter in that word you use is E, right? Sore, S-O-R-E. So then I have to begin my next sentence with that word. So I might say everywhere. And you might say, nah, primarily in my shoulder. The last letter there is R. And I'd say, really? You know, and 
So what it forces you to do is slow the F down and listen to somebody. And here's the thing. People think this stuff can be cute and funny and silly and whatever. And really what it is, is it's hard because most people don't listen. Um, it's also a reason we never have an issue when we work with the tactical community. If the tactical community does not communicate, rooms clear, breaching the door, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's somebody's life. You know, and so when we worked with Wells Fargo, just as another example, they say they anticipate that over a hundred thousand jobs in the world of finance will be lost to artificial intelligence within the next 10 years. So all these companies know that it's not just results on the line, it's lives on the line if they don't learn how to listen and communicate. But yes, Matt, to answer your question, there's many ways they can work on it, but it's not just memorizing some sheet. Right. It's not like um, knowing that hypertrophy uh, generally is six to 12 reps or equate. Yes, I know you could do 10 sets of three load equated and still get that response. But it's not this formulaic thing. It's chaos. And you've got to be more adaptable if you want to harness it. What I wanted to go. So, so we, we've touched on uh, what we can learn from uh, business. What yeah. can business learn from us? Because clearly they can. Otherwise, you're yeah, not going to be uh, you're not going to be um, advertising yourself to businesses as well, right? So, what can they learn from us? Yeah, and this is ultimately what I'm trying to do. If I'm if I'm honest, I'm trying to be a strength coach who is an advocate for all of us on a bigger field, much like Jocko Willink is for military and and other people, much like many of these academics are to other fields. I find it kind of troubling that more strength coaches haven't crossed over, and it's our own fault. Um, because we don't believe in marketing. We think that putting ourselves out there is is limelighting and selfish. Yet we don't look around at all these other fields and realize that we're learning from them, right? There's an ethical way to put yourself out there. And so I find myself having to um, assert that many times, Matt, when I do go speak for businesses, people look at me and I'm not kidding. Uh, when I went and spoke at an event for Microsoft, one of them said, you're a strength coach. And I'm like, yeah. And they go, well, what do you do? And I explained to them what our job is. And he goes, interesting. I thought you guys were just kind of like Gillian Michaels type personal trainers and this and that. He goes, I, he, didn't, he had no idea that our field existed in that capacity, nor did many of other people in that. So I think it's always funny when our field argues about these minuscule things, yet the vast majority of the world, one, either doesn't know we exist or has no idea what we actually do. Um, what I always tell them they can learn from us is that you know, much like they've got to manage the boardroom in a certain way, it's all it's not really that different than managing the locker room. We have egos that we've got to manage. We have opportunities we need to leverage and we've got to adapt to constant chaos. Um, I think that uh, they just happen to do it better because they've had to do it on a meta scale. But they love learning these lessons from sport. They do. You know, they think that it's you know, they understand that it's dynamic. It's high risk uh, from the boardroom to the weight room is, is not that much different. I think what we've got to work on, if we hope to teach them anything about adaptive leadership and, and what we really do, is coaches do have to get over this fear of putting themselves out there and sharing. I think that's really interesting as well. Uh, strength coaches in particular, but also other practitioners, kind of cotton on to the idea that if they want to impress their boss or impress a coach or keep their job for an extended period of time, they probably need to make sure that they're doing a lot more outside of sets and reps. Right. And that's the key. If you if you want to be better at what you do, I always say this, right? Most people get into the field because they love the training side. They stay in it because they learn to love coaching. But if you want to stay in this field on your own terms and continue to progress, you better learn the business side too. You know, And that's how we look at what we're doing with Art of Coaching is communication, career, and community. 
if you can focus on enhancing those things and create more opportunities for people in this space, you're going to be better off. But yeah, you absolutely have to learn the micropolitics and the messy side of it. You know, because I think that always bugged me about traditional leadership books. It was always like 10 ways to think more positively, 10 ways to do this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Most people deal with shit situations and absolute chaos. And where's the book that teaches them how to do that? And then I realized, no, this shouldn't be a book. This should be a live interactive thing. This should be something where people aren't just watching PowerPoints. They can come and deal with uh, power dynamics and politics and all these things. And that's what we're trying to do with our apprenticeship workshops. Um, yeah, I mean, in a couple of years, people either think I'm crazy or maybe nobody will listen to any of this until I die. I always say my wife, I'm like, I'm going to have dead rapper syndrome. I think I'm like literally going to have to die for anybody to take this stuff seriously. But hey, man, we're, we're seeing a lot of performance directors, physios, um, business owners in other fields. We've had people in the FBI come, uh, police men and women. Uh, and so it's interesting. You talk about cross-pollination. It is really cool when you get five strength coaches, an athletic director, a physio, a performance director, and three business owners and a guy in the FBI in the same room talking about like communication. That's what I'm geeking out most about right now. I love it. That sounds absolutely fantastic. And I'm sure there's a lot that everyone can learn from each other as well, right? Like if you, if you put someone within the FBI in a room with a performance director and a bunch of other people, there's got to be some amazing sparks in there. Yeah, the diversity of interaction is what you want. So absolutely. Fantastic. Look, um, in terms of time, we're, we're cutting it very, very fine. Can you give us a 30-second summary of what we discussed today? More successful interventions are the result of more successful interactions. Bottom line, no matter what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, if you have a better understanding of human behavior and the social side, you're going to be better off. You're going to get better results, better outcomes, and you're going to build better relationships in the process. Absolutely fantastic. Brett Bartholomew, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Likewise. Take care, Matt. Thank you very much. Cheers. Once again, a massive thanks to Brett for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure you do at home too. Also, a massive thanks to our podcast sponsors, Hawking Dynamics and Gymwear. So before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of two resources. Firstly, of course, the Art of Coaching website by Brett Bartholomew, where he's got loads of great resources for you. And secondly, the Buy and Bible from Science of Sport. Now, that one is available to download in the show notes. So very simply, in just a few seconds' time when we're finished, all you need to do is click on that one to get all of the tips and tricks that you need to get buy-in from your coaches and athletes. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.